0: Hello, dear friends. Welcome to another edition of On Mike with Jordan Rich. I speak with creative people from all over the world, all walks of life, and often we focus on the arts. Today, the art is theater, and joining me is Rashad Chambers, a Tony Award-winning producer, talent manager, and attorney. He's produced shows on Broadway, including American Son, Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations, Betrayal, The Inheritance, Caroline, or Change. And he's involved currently in the smash hit revival production of The Music Man on Broadway. And there's a show off-Broadway we want to talk about as well, about the life and times of the great Nina Simone. So I can't wait to talk a little theater and more with our guest today as we welcome Rashad Chambers to join us on Mike. Very happy to be chatting with you, Rashad, and congratulations. Let's talk about Nina Simone's bio-musical called Little Girl Blue, which is, as we uh, announce this podcast and send it out to the cloud, is currently on stage. It's pretty exciting, and tell us how it all came about
1: yes so little girl blue is a new musical that was written by leona michelle who also stars as nina simone and it's a dynamic new musical that explores the entire life and legacy of the high priestess of soul and it really delves into her full life which we really haven't heard before especially on stage so we get to learn so much about nina and her life her relationship with her parents her husband her involvement with the civil rights movement Um, even down to her bipolar disorder. And so it's really an homage to um, her career and her life.
0: It's quite an undertaking, and your star and writer is pretty impressive. But uh, I remind myself of uh, learning about Billie Holiday in the old days and what she went through. Nina Simone also had a, a lot of struggle in terms of her career and her life.
1: Yes, she was a bit of a trailblazer, and I don't think people really understood her and gave her the full do or respect that she deserved. And I think this show really highlights so many of our contributions to music and and to the world.
0: Is is this the kind of thing that is either easier because it's a small cast or harder because it is a small cast? Uh, as you know, you put on big musicals, what's, what's easier or harder in your estimation?
1: Well, they both have their, or they all have their own challenges, I would say. Um, This show has been such a joy because um, of the story, but also because of the intimate nature of it. We only have four people in the show, one actress and then three actor musicians. Um, So it's been really a joy to bring it. But, you know, it has its own challenges in terms of existing music and dealing with rights and also raising money during a pandemic. So that also added its <laughs> own challenges. But um, I'm really grateful to be able to be a part of this journey and just to be able to tell the story.
0: Well, it's getting great, Buzz. Congratulations. And I know that a lot of people are pulling for you and for the, the star and the crew. And that's so important. Everyone involved with it. So I want to talk a little bit about you, and uh, then we'll send people to the website so they can get tickets to Little Girl Blue as they hear this. You're not a guy who generally arrives on a stage to uh, to sing and dance, right? You're You're, you're more of a behind-the-scenes dude. Tell us about your connection to theater.
1: I am a behind-the-scenes person. I grew up in Pittsburgh, and that's when my love of theater really began. My cousin's an actress, and so I grew up going to see her in shows throughout college and beyond, and while I didn't want to be a performer myself, I really loved theater, and I loved the idea of taking something from page to stage, and that really inspired my early curiosity to be a producer, and so for me, throughout college and throughout law school, I always studied theater as a hobby and try to just figure out how I can infuse the three things that I love together, which were law of business and entertainment and, and try to craft out a bit of a career for myself out of that. And so I really devoted my life to it, studying independently, volunteering to work in the box office or being a house manager for a production and really just trying to understand every single aspect of theater. And then once I moved to New York, I started developing a lot of new plays and new musicals. For about 10 years until i i finally had the opportunity to start producing on broadway and my first show that i did was american son with carrie washington and so from there i just kept you know doing more and more shows and then i discovered little girl blue and then this is sort of my transition from a co-producer to a lead producer uh, who is the person who's in charge of everything and sort of functions as the, the CEO of the
0: production. You must have a very good sense of organization because I've done shows on the amateur level, and I, I, it's just part of a team, and it's a huge undertaking, even a community theater program. And you've got to, like you say, be on top of everything, and more than anything, you've got to know it's a business, and you've you got to make sure you can pay the bills.
1: Absolutely. Well, I surround myself with amazing people, so that helps. I love it, so that also helps. But it really is a team effort. I'm, I'm looking to different people to help aid me throughout different parts of the process. You know, having a general manager who keeps track of the budget and my press rep and my social media person, we all really work together. And I believe this is a passion project for everyone, specifically mm-hmm. talking about Little Girl Blue, so everyone – is just all hands on deck, just trying to make this show as successful as possible and make sure we're getting the word of mouth and the exposure that we need to be successful.
0: There is an energy to a theatrical production when it works well, and it mostly works well for people. It's it's weird. I guess you can equate it to a, a sports franchise moving forward to the championship, but it's a little different. I don't know. Can you put your finger on, on what that feeling is, that feeling of momentum when you're getting to opening night, it's unlike any feeling I can remember.
1: It's such a unique experience because while you're going through the process with rehearsals and and, and the tech process where you're incorporating the lights and sets and costumes, it's tough because it's usually a mess at the beginning, but then miraculously it all comes together and everyone just bands together to really make it Mm. special once audiences start coming in, you really get to see what's working and what doesn't. So by the time you get to opening, you have, for the most part, fleshed out all the kinks and you're really getting to that final product. Yeah, it's, And so then it becomes just about a
0: celebration. <laughs> it's so weird. And I know this would, uh certainly be something you would identify with. You think on the week of dress rehearsal, oh my God, is this thing ever going to work? Even on the professional level, and it seems to magically come together. There is a magic to it. Let's talk a little bit, uh, and we'll come back to Little Girl Blue, and littlegirlblue.nyc is a great website for people to check out. Just looking at some of your credits, I'm actually seeing, as we record this, I'm seeing Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations this coming week in Boston. I cannot wait. But, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, I noticed that you're currently involved in another little production called The Music Man. Talk about a varied schedule with a variety of projects. Let's start with Music Man. That's the one with, um, the Aussie, I just forgot his name for a second. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Don't tell Hugh I forgot his name. <laughs> Hugh Jackman, who is fabulous. We all know he can do anything. But what's your role as associate producer in that one, first of all?
1: Yeah, so as associate producer, I'm essentially the, the right-hand man to the lead producer. And I'm involved with every aspect of the show. You know, I'm involved with every meeting. So it could be dealing with marketing, press, um, Company management, general management, just pretty much everything that it takes to run the day-to-day of the show I'm involved in. And one of the things that I helped create, which I'm really proud of, is a, is a new program um, that we're calling the Audience Development Initiative, where we are offering 10,000 tickets for $20 oh. for various under-resourced communities, specifically not-for-profit organizations and high school students. So I've been in charge of developing that program with our producing fellow and just everything else that that is involved with running the show, whether it be, you know, watching understudy rehearsals or, you know, reviewing our, our financial figures, reviewing our, our marketing advertising strategy. So it's been really invaluable to be a part mm. of this process and to learn how a big musical is is run on Broadway.
0: Also coming to New York to see that. I'm I'm following you everywhere. I'm going to see everything you've done. Um, I love it. Interesting question about musicals, because musicals are an interesting creature. I mean, uh, we still have the Rodgers and Hammerstein big blowout full production number deal, and then Little Girl Blue. There's There's so much room to be creative in this area, isn't there?
1: There is, and all of my shows have been very different. You know, being able to do what happened in Key West in London was really magical. And now we're we're still working on that show and trying to figure out the right place to do it for our u.s premiere in 2023 um so while i'm developing that still i'm working on little girl blue off broadway and i'm working on music man on broadway so it's really been a bit of an embarrassment of riches (laughs) to be able to have you know both of these productions um at the same time and i kind of pinch myself because little girl blue and music man are basically one avenue away so i spent a lot of time walking down 50th Street in New York City but it's been uh, such a joy to not only learn but to also sort of grow as a producer working on
0: both of these productions. It, Rashad it's a it's a real big misconception that something that is quote off Broadway is any less potent important or vital or creative it's just the fact that it's not on the street of that is known as Broadway and usually it's a more intimate smaller less ornate production am I right about that?
1: That's correct. Really, the only difference is the amount of seats and the budget. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm I'm just as proud of Little Girl Blue in a 200 seat theater than I am for the Broadway shows that I've done because I've been able to lead this and I've been able to put my fingerprints on on every aspect of it. But we're giving you Broadway caliber performance off-Broadway, I can guarantee that.
0: In the movies that are about theater, one in particular, The Producers, everybody knows that one, it's all about the reviews. You you wait by the bar or you, you wait in the bar for the reviews to come out. <laughs> and uh, I actually saw some of the reviews. They were pretty good for uh, Little Girl Blue, which is a very complex story. But is that still the the name of the game on, on show night, on press night? Do you still uh, have to check the times and hope for the best, uh, or is that not as important uh, to audiences as it used to be?
1: I think it depends on the show, to be honest. Um, in full transparency, Music Man got many re- good reviews, but some of them were mixed. But because it's such a beloved show and because of Hugh Jackman, it's one of the best-selling yeah. shows yeah. on Broadway. So I think for some shows it, it can make or break, and then I think some shows are a bit re- review proof you know wicked being one of them that didn't Mm. get the most amazing reviews but it found its niche with the sort of girl empowerment angle and so um it really just depends on the show and you know everybody just pours their you know blood sweat and tears into a and yeah you know you hope for the best and i always am wanting to uh have critics and reviewers be honest but also celebrate the wonderful things that they see, you know, it's, it's so it's such a shame to just trash a show without highlighting a good performance or, or mm. good direction or good design, you know. So for us, um, we've gotten some really great reviews, and I'm, I'm hoping that it just continues to give us more exposure and spread the word throughout our journey at New
0: World stages. Well, any, anyone who knows the name Nina Simone has followed her career and has seen the documentary and understands this is an artist who uh, rises above others for a lot of reasons. She had a lot of issues, but it's a it's a phenomenally interesting story. I I think any critic should pay attention, and I'm glad that they are. You're an African-American young man, and uh, you went to Morehouse College with a business degree. What's the state of affairs from your Perspective in the theater world, in terms of minority access, in terms of you know diversity and so forth, on your level, we know about casts because we can see them on the stage. Mm-hmm. What about people behind the scenes in theater?
1: We can still do better. The numbers are increasing, but um, there are still a lot of areas and departments that are still very homogenous. So that's one of the things that I've been working on as a as a leader in the theater community here in New York is really trying to figure out ways um, to create more diversity throughout all aspects of the production. And so um, I helped found an organization called the Industry Standard Group um, in 2020, which is to help enhance the number of BIPOC investors and producers in the commercial space. But we've also met with a lot of lead producers to talk about how you can enhance the conversation when you're putting together your creative teams. How do you make sure that you're looking at people of color and women for your designers or for your casting director, et cetera. Um, Mm. And there's a lot of other organizations that have popped up um, like the theater leadership project and black theater coalition. They're creating jobs and fellowships for people of color to work in various aspects of theater, whether it be press, casting, general management, et cetera, because those are areas that don't have a lot of diversity. There are zero um, black casting offices in New York. There are zero zero black general managers or or general managers of color, you know, so that um, we have work to do, but people are doing the work and they're continuing to to the conversation in order to enhance that. And then for Broadway, I'm, you know, one of probably less than, you know, 10 – black producers who are here. And so, you know, we're trying to create access and resources for other uh, producers of color to be able to mm-hmm. learn, to get into rooms, and be able to network so they're also invited to
0: have a seat at the table. And as you've demonstrated with your your list of projects, and it's an ongoing growing list, these are not necessarily black-related or minority-related themed projects. You take on everything. And I think that's one of the problems when anybody in a particular group is is brought in and then expected to only work within that group. There's a great diversity of material as well as a need for more diversity of people.
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm I'm attracted to good work and good stories first and foremost. So that's what really inspires me. I, I want to do shows about African American people, but I also want to do you know good work about other other demographics. So for me, that's going to be the first thing always. is. Does the work speak to me? Does it start a conversation? And is it something that I that I really want to champion?
0: You did dabble and have dabbled in the film world, a totally different kind of experience perhaps than the theater world, but you had a- Just a, a little dabble. <laughs> is, that, is that the kind of thing where, yeah, okay, if somebody came along with a great project and a lot of money, I'd consider it, but you're happy where you are for the most part?
1: I wanna do it all. Theater is my first love, but I want to do TV, I want to do film. I just want to really create amazing stories.
0: There is something to be said for uh, theater live, however, telling a story every night in terms of real time that is so enticing to so many actors and I'm sure to many producers. But I, I wish you well. You had a movie called True to the Heart. It's won some local awards in New York and elsewhere back around 2012, 2011, something like that.
1: Yeah, 2011.
0: Yes. All right. So you're due for another major motion picture, right?
1: I know, I know. (laughs) A couple of things have have popped up, but I just haven't had the bandwidth to take them on, unfortunately. But I'm itching to do another, another film very soon.
0: Two more quick things. I know you're very busy and you're excited about all the stuff going on, swirling around. One is investors in theater. Uh, I know people who have invested in shows that are not even staged yet and they're just in the idea process planning stage. Is it a worthwhile investment, especially now that we've come out of the worst pandemic uh, experience for live theater? What do you say to people who say, I'm thinking about investing some money and I love theater. What should I do?
1: Definitely do it. We need live entertainment. We need live theater, and we can't exist without investors. You know, so much of New York City struggled throughout 2020 and 2021 because Broadway was shut down. Um, and it's so imperative that we have that support. And I also, it depends on what people are are, are attracted to and why they're investing. There are some people who only invest because they want to make money. There are some people who just want to help. Tell great stories. There are some people who just love to go to an opening night. So I just think it depends on what your passion is and what you want to do. Um, but I just encourage anyone who is interested in investing to at least have the conversation yeah. and at least meet people and review material and um, and then take it from there. Every show is not going to be for every person. I have some investors who really love musicals and don't like plays or some who really love comedies as opposed to drama. Mm. So there's something out there for everyone. And I would say just talk to people like myself and just um, have the conversation and then take it from there.
0: All right. Fun question. If you had the gumption to get up there on a stage, let's just say if, big, big uh, hypothetical, is there a role, maybe a role that you've staged elsewhere, or a role that you've seen that you'd like to try at least once? Bucket list. <laughs> if
1: I had, if I still had the skills to do it, <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I performed in high school just for fun, and one role that I always loved that I never got to do was the leading player in Pippin. That was originated. Oh, I've been. Ben Vereen.
0: Love that. Love that. He that sings was, that In
1: my younger days I could have really I think I could have done a good job.
0: At that, that what's the song that he sings that just blows everybody out of the, uh, the what's the main big uh, theme
1: glory or simple joys.
0: yeah but uh, either one <laughs>
1: yeah
0: <laughs> i love i love that show well i'm uh, going to see the music man and i'll probably be mouthing not vocally not orally but mouthing the words to trouble because i was in the play way back and a million <laughs> years ago but uh, let's talk finally about where we are with little girl blue you're in as this airs you're in new york off broadway at the new world stages on uh, west 50th street Is that right? That's correct. Yes, it is. Tickets, needless to say, are available if people want to check the website, littlegirlblue.nyc. It's a small theater, so you're in it for an intimate experience.
1: Yes, that's correct. So tickets are on sale right now through May 22nd. We're hoping to extend. That's all going to depend on demand, but people can find more information um, at littlegirlblue.nyc or follow us on social media at LGBOnStage.
0: Excellent. Well, to get you to slow down for a minute, I consider that an accomplishment. (laughs) So I appreciate it. You're a terrific guy, and I really would love to switch places with you in in another life because you're in the maelstrom of all this exciting stuff. Good for you, man, and uh, congratulations. I hope the show's a smash.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and thank you for the opportunity.
0: Thanks again, Rashad, and good luck with all of your productions. We'll be watching. Thanks, as always, to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, to Ken Carberry and everyone at Chart Productions, where we produce this and a whole slew of other podcasts. Find out more at jordanrich.com. There you'll be able to pick up my book on air, my 50-year love affair with radio, and a whole lot more. Till next time, this is JR saying, as always, be well so you can do good. Take care.